Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the podcast, Hidden Signs. I'm your host. My name is Jeff Murray. I'm a professor of marketing at the University of Arkansas. Today's episode explores one of my favorite topics, one of the most established interpretive methods in marketing research, ethnography. This method is a powerful tool used to reveal signs that are hidden, making them visible, turning the taken for granted into something we think and talk about. In the last few episodes, I have used the phrase prediscursive, meaning that something appears so normal, so natural, we don't know that it is there influencing us. In short, we don't see it, so we don't talk about it. Ethnography can help raise awareness turning the prediscursive into the discursive. Here is an interesting detail. Ethnography is not a method that was created by social scientists as a way of collecting and analyzing data. Ethnography was actually discovered by accident, by serendipity, during the First World War. I want to begin with the story of its discovery. It was 1914. Malinowski, a Polish-born British anthropologist, travels to the Trobriand Islands, just north of Australia, to begin some fieldwork. His plan was to stay a few months, collect photos, make sketches, and take some notes. Generally bask in what Malinowski thought at the time was the exotic. This is how anthropologists worked in the early 20th century. They were essentially travelers, making some observations and exploring the strange. Everything was examined relative to their own culture. They could not help but be ethnocentric. Well, best laid plans. World War I breaks out in Europe, and Malinowski, as a subject of the Austro-Hungarian Empire, is not allowed to return. He spends nearly two years living with, participating, observing, and studying the indigenous tribes. Malinowski learned their language, participated in their cultural rituals, repeated their myths, helped to care for their children, studied their kinship system, and to his amazement, he discovered that this culture was just as complex and sophisticated as his own. What started out as exotic and strange became familiar and appreciated as he became immersed through participant observation. Malinowski felt his ethnocentrism dissipate, and ethnography was discovered. Ethno means culture, and graffiti means description, but not just any kind of description. The famous anthropologist Clifford Geertz referred to thick description, meaning detailed description. It is this phrase that has led some interpretive researchers to refer to ethnography as an approach that opposes and complements big data. It is Thick data. Now, 
Fast forward 100 years. Market researchers are using ethnography to study tribes of consumers. Here is a quote from the famous anthropologist of shopping, Paco Underhill. This quote is from his well-known book, Why We Buy. Shh, stay behind the potted plant. This is the first track of the day. The subject of study is the 40-ish woman in the tan trench coat and blue skirt. She's in the bath section. She's touching towels. Mark this down. She's petted one, two, three, four of them so far. She just checked the price tag on one. Mark that down too. Careful, her head's coming up. Blend into the aisle. She's picking up two towels from the tabletop display and is leaving the section with them. Get the time. Now, tail her into the aisle and on to her next stop. For this consumer researcher, it's just another day of field work, embedded in the day-to-day reality of markets. This researcher is struggling to grasp the phenomena of shopping and hopefully, through this process, forge an empathetic understanding of the shopper that may lead to new consumer insights. So, let's think about this consumer researcher and reflect on how they are doing their research. This will help us understand and define ethnography. First, they were collecting observations at the point of consumption. Ethnographers believe that you must immerse yourself in the reality that you are trying to understand. Filling out a survey, participating in a focus group, studying behavior in a lab, cannot begin to replicate the fascinating cultural complexity of living in the real world. Yes, this is difficult and incredibly inconvenient, but from their perspective, We have no choice. So, point one. Ethnographers immerse themselves in the cultures they want to understand. Second, this consumer researcher was not just observing. They were in the department store moving around with other consumers. Actually shopping, immersed in the context. In other words, they were participating Ethnographers believe that only by participating in the cultural experience can we begin to sense and feel the hidden, informal rules that guide cultural practice. It is these hidden, informal rules, or folkways, that will teach us about the cultural flow and practices of a group of people. You might be thinking, why not just interview people? Just ask them what is going on. After all, going to the field and participating is a lot of trouble. Well, entering the cultural flow isn't something we always think about. In fact, it is rarely cognitive. It is the result of socialization. We learned in Episode 7 that socialization is a kind of deep learning, soaking up the folkways of everyday life. We do things because, well, that's what we do. I have been calling this pre-discursive. It is not something that we think about and probably cannot describe in an interview. But by participating and reflecting on what's going on, 
we begin to gain some insight into a world that appears natural and taken for granted by the participants. So, point two, ethnography is often defined as participant observation. Third, one of my favorite songs is Walk a Mile in My Shoes by Elvis Presley. I'd like to sing a song along the same line. Don't worry, I'm not going to sing it to you. This would be a disaster. But I can recite a few lines. If I could be you, if you could be me, for just one hour, if we could find a way to get inside each other's mind, if you could see you through my eyes instead of your own ego, I believe you'd be, I believe you'd be surprised to see that you've been blind. These are some great lyrics. What is Elvis singing about? If you responded with, Cooley's looking glass self, you'd be right. But he is also singing about empathy. Empathy is a special kind of understanding. It is deeper than just comprehending some information. It is the kind of understanding that changes people. Indeed, it was the key to Malinowski's transformation. So, point three. Empathetic understanding is the goal of ethnography. Note that forging an empathetic understanding is not just cognitive. It is also emotional, and this is why we need to not only observe, we need to live with, participate, and become part of the same cultural flow that our participants and informants are experiencing. These three points are important to remember. First, ethnographers immerse themselves in the cultures they want to understand. These cultures range from what might first appear to be strange and exotic, to something much more familiar, such as a farmer's market, a sporting event, or a festival. Second, ethnography is often defined as participant observation. Entering the flow of culture and recording your experience with field notes describes the day-to-day workbench activities of the ethnographer. And finally, the goal of the ethnographer is to walk in the shoes of another to forge an empathetic understanding. I have three additional subjects in ethnography I want to discuss. The first is what to look for in the field. The second is writing field notes. And the third is content analysis of field notes. For these points, I want to use a hypothetical example. Suppose you grew up in Gunnison, Colorado. This is a beautiful small town in southern Colorado nestled in the Rocky Mountains, neighboring one of the most exciting ski areas in the state, Crested Butte. You grow up snowboarding, and it becomes second nature to you, like walking or running. You are an expert. You attend the University of Colorado in Boulder, majoring in anthropology and marketing. Upon graduation, you happen upon a job opportunity. You can barely believe your eyes. You feel your heart jump. Quoting from the job posting, Everything we do at Burton Board started in the mountains. From getting the most out of every journey to chasing the snow around the globe, 
We've charged ahead to innovate and change the way people enjoy the outdoors since day one. Looking to hire a young ethnographer to connect with the backcountry snowboarding tribes in Crested Butte Ski Area? Please apply online. Well, guess what? You got the job. Your first day was a blast. Feeling the cold, dry powder click off your goggles and the crisp breeze tugging at your jacket triggered some good memories. It was good to be back on the board. You did see a tribe of snowboarders in the distance at one point, but you really didn't know how to approach them. This is going to be hard. It will take some time to build trust. As you slowly begin to participate with the snowboarding tribes of Crested Butte, what exactly do you look for? For any ethnography, try to focus on interaction detail. What are people doing? How are they communicating? How do they use their bodies to communicate? How does behavior become patterned, resulting in rituals? What are their stories? Who are their heroes? Who are their villains? How do participants use sign value to manage impressions? Try to connect these observations to values and norms. Remember the pyramid I built for you in episode 3? Values, norms, and forms of social control. Can you describe this for the snowboarding tribes? Most importantly, let all of this soak in through participation. Enter the cultural flow. Don't force anything. Become part of the context. Let these ideas find you. Be patient. It is important to keep a detailed record of your gradual immersion into this cultural context. This thick description is important information that you can share with others. It is data that will eventually be analyzed, referred to as field notes. Field notes are essentially a reflective process, similar to journaling, a day-by-day -day account of everything you are experiencing. This descriptive narrative is written after the day of participating, snowboard by day, and journal by night. Field notes should sound like you. Write in real time. This is essentially a record of your experience that you can share. It doesn't have to be fancy or creative. You don't have to be Hemingway. It just needs to be detailed and thick with stories and observations. A record of immersion, falling deeper and deeper into the culture of interest. After reading your field notes, I should feel like I know these snowboarding tribes. Okay, the winter living the dream finally comes to an end. Time to return to Vermont and Burton boards. You gather up your field notes, photographs, short video clips, recorded ethnographic interviews, and small artifacts that each tell a story. After a couple of long flights and a good night's sleep, you show up at corporate headquarters with three boxes of material. The content analysis team can't wait to see you. They have been waiting for these boxes. This team consists of three content analysis experts. The first is a rigorous content coder. 
This person will go through the field notes line by line looking for patterns that eventually can become key themes. The second focuses on the photographs and videos. As an expert in visual analysis, they will also be looking for key patterns that might be useful to the company. The third content analysis expert is a storyteller. Working with the patterns, the other content coders, and the ethnographer, this person will collect stories and reflect on their importance for understanding the nature of these backcountry snowboarding tribes. Think of Roland Barthes. What are the deep stories? The myths? After a couple of weeks of intense work, the team will present their themes and stories to the key decision makers and executives. These consumer insights will be useful for everything from board and binding design, to colors and artwork, to boot design, to clothing and fashion, to advertising and promotion. This is an application of sign value. If their products and brand resonate with their core customer, other consumers will follow. Their core customer, the extreme snowboarder, is like a magnet pulling other consumers in. Recall Dick Hebdige in episode four. This is a bottom-up theory of fashion. Thus, Burton boards will need to be sensitive to issues related to authenticity as they manage growth. What to look for in the field, writing field notes, and content analyzing these field notes are also important practices and skills that need to be mastered by the ethnographer. I want to conclude this episode with a thought experiment. Think of the many times in society we find ourselves in arduously dull, tiresome, and somewhat boringly painful social settings. Maybe you are standing in line for concert tickets a line that stretches two times around the block. Maybe you are waiting at the bank to set up a savings account, or sitting in an uncomfortable chair in a government bureaucracy waiting to obtain an ID or passport or visa of some kind, or an extremely wearisome course with a monotone professor speaking in your ear. Hopefully this isn't me. Well, in a situation like this, Become an ethnographer. Begin to look at the people around you as an interesting and sophisticated tribe, just as Malinowski did when he became stranded. Who are these people? What is guiding their behavior? What are their stories? What kind of ritual is this? What are the values, norms, and forms of social control that are structuring this context? Pull out your pocket journal and begin to take field notes. Engage the cultural context. Participate. Begin to speak to those around you. Conduct ethnographic interviews. The next thing you realize is that you are no longer bored. People are fascinating. Ralph Waldo Emerson once said, The invariable mark of wisdom is to see the miraculous in the common. Ethnographers are easily fascinated. They are interested in the everyday. 
curious about others, appreciate social arrangements, and intrigued with the nature of culture. Practice of these skills creates an open sensibility. It is like you are experiencing everything for the first time. In this way, ethnography helps us to engage the human condition. It helps us to remember we really are all in this together. I hope that you enjoyed this episode on ethnography. This is Hidden Signs. My name is Jeff Murray. Special thanks to Seth Murray for composing original music for this podcast. Thank you for listening.